spoilers. Spoiler season with us. New cards! Welcome to episode 5 of Spoiler Season uh, with Ether Revolt. Uh, we're going to take a look at the latest and greatest uh, from Ether Revolt. Um, some good ones, some uh, I'm a little disappointed in. Uh, let's get started. So our first card is Hidden Herbalists, uh, or as I like to call them, Reclusive Drug Dealer. Uh, this is a green one for a 2-2. with Fair. Human Druid. Human, human. Note that it's human. Not relevant, I don't think, but noteworthy. Uh, when a hidden herbalist enter the battlefield, if a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn, add two drug, I mean green mana, to your mana pool. So if you're like me and you played back in the uh, glory days of Green Devotion and you were smart and played the deck Green Devotion, you might remember fondly Burning Tree Emissary. This was hybrid green, red, green, red for, I don't even know what its stats were. But when it entered the battlefield, it made two mana, and then you just lay down four Burning Tremissary, and your opponents were sad. So this, obviously, you have to trigger the Revolt, and I don't know what you're having going to the graveyard on turn two, but yeah, it's nifty. Um, yeah, I'm a little... I think in standard, I'm pretty skeptical of this. I oh, think. yeah. And uh, you, you might have to be on some serious herbs to think that this is uh, very, very good in standard. Um, I think it's modern potential is a bit more hidden. Um, really? It might be, yeah, I think that in modern, you maybe want to use this, but probably not. Um, and the How reason, are you the reason I say the revolt that, in modern? Yeah. Fleshlands. Oh, right? yeah. So you auto yeah. get the revolt. So it's just like, does any deck really want uh, Burning Tree Emissary 5 through 8 um, that can only produce green mana instead of kind of leaving it up to, to the, the red green? So sure. I don't I don't think it, there is a deck that wants it. I think that mm. decks that have Burning Tree are happy with four Burning Tree. Um, so I, I don't think this will see modern play, but that would be the only thing that would you'd have to consider, I think, when evaluating the card. All right, cool. But, uh, you know, in Limited, it's a solid bear. And, you know, if you wait like a turn or two and let something die, you can lay down a couple of extra things that turn. So I yeah, think it's totally like worth it picking up. Yeah, totally. It's a bear with upside and Limited. Yep. Playable. This next card is Treasure Keeper. It's a four mana artifact creature, 3-3. Three, three. When it dies, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a non-land card with converted mana cost three or less. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Put all revealed cards not cast this way on the bottom of your library in a random order. Okay, so just a couple of things to point out. It is a non-land card with converted mana cost three or less, so it can be a permanent, it can be a sorcery, it can be instant. You could be sad and reveal a counterspell, which may not be so helpful. But I, th I think this card is really good value. Um, we've talked before about just a three three body is pretty solid. And this makes me think back to a mechanic I had almost forgotten is still around. Emerge. Right. It's still here. Yeah, apparently, you know, we don't see a lot of it with Emrakul. But there were some pretty big Eldrazi who were not Emrakul who, who were pretty good also. Uh, this is great Emerge fodder. Yeah, I think that Treasure Keeper might um, might emerge as, as kind of a hidden gem in the set. Uh, you I... suck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on about the hidden gem <laughs> emerging. Yes. It's a card that you need to be really conscious of. If you're going to put it in your deck, um, you need to be able to do two things. You need to make sure that you're not hitting anything off of this that you are sad to hit. Or like... Yeah. 
within some, just like with company, right? You had some slots you were okay running non-creatures that couldn't be hit off company or creatures that couldn't be hit off company. Uh, I think this is the similar kind of constraint where you really need to limit the amount of spells you're casting that are converted across three or less uh, that y you wouldn't want to cast. Um, because like you mentioned, like you don't run this anything with counter spells. Like that'd be terrible. If right. you cascade into a counter spell, that's really bad. Though side note, another dream, pipe dream, this is a bad one, but emerge Elder Deep Fiend, instant speed in response to their spell and find a counter spell. Here's what I like. They go to murder treasure keeper, you respond, you emerge off of it and then counter their murder. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Realistically, th this is a stupid idea, but um, what? I, <laughs> but it, it it's a cool one to think about. But um, I don't know, I'm going to keep him close to my heart, but not for that reason, just because he's valuable in other ways. Yeah. So I, seriously, I think that four is a little bit much for an emerge deck. Uh, you yeah. can play it off three with a mana accelerant, um, and like I said, I do think you need to build this into your deck. Uh, but the 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 other thing you have to watch out for is the constraint isn't just like counter spells. It's also you don't want to cast like there's things that cost two or one, particular one that you might not want to cast off Treasure Keeper. Um, so I just think that if you're going to put this card in your deck, you need to be really conscious of the other cards in it that you're going to cascade into, make sure they're worth it. Um, but it does seem like between this and the uh, blue green three drop we had that was the uncommon that uh, draws you a card in, as energy when it comes into play. Um, it does seem like we're getting more pieces for an Emerge deck. Um, Emerge's Elder Deep Fiend in particular, super strong mechanic, very, very yeah. powerful. So it, it this might be enough to kind of bring that deck back and, and see a bit more play. Yeah. Our next card is a one-mana legendary artifact creature. This is a 1-1 one, one flying Thopter. Sacrifice Hope of Girapur until your next turn, target player. Sacrifice Hope of Girapur until your next turn, target player who is... Dealt combat damage by Hope of Girapur. This turn, can't cast non-creature spells. And so, 1-1 one, one flying, right? So, Mouthful. I'm issuing you a challenge. Think of a removal spell that this does not die to. Uh... Exactly. So, this card uh, has been uh, flaunted by people who are hoping that it will, uh, you know, be really good against control decks or help to shut off control decks. I think that that hope is overdone the card is i don't think the card is very good uh it doesn't have haste um realistically like you can you just kill this and i mean like, it doesn't even, even if they just if even if they connect it's one turn that you can't cast on creature spells these days all your good spells are stapled under creatures anyways um so like yeah you're playing this ideally with a, a control deck which is against the control deck which is going to have mostly um non-creatures and probably shut them off for a turn but i think that it's just not worth the card you're paying one mana for a one one. It's it's gonna die. You need to like you need to be able to protect it, but it, it's not even worth protecting. Yeah, I mean there might be an argument for it's gonna die. You probably don't play it on turn one. Maybe play it on turn three, and then if they go to kill it, sack it. They can't cast non creature spells on your turn four. You play Gideon, and they can't counter it, and that's a problem for some control decks. I because it kind of doesn't really die to any removal. It dies whenever you want it to. You can just sack it in response to all their removal, and then you get the effect. So you just play no, it when you want your next turn dealt, to be... It, it, that only work, it needs to oh, have been dealt, dealt damage, damage, right? Yeah, that clause... The player needs to have been dealt damage. So I like, what? And the that. other thing that I'm seeing people talk about is saying, oh, you get to recur this infinitely. If you 
the link if you play the uh, green white one creature that ETBs to return a permanent with Convey Mana cost two or less to the battlefield. The Renegade Rallier, I believe. Uh, people are talking about, oh, you assume with this, sack it, put it in your graveyard, blink Rallier, bring it back, and then yeah. do it again. And then, like you shut your opponent completely off of non-creature spells. Um, that's a really optimistic, very hopeful uh, combo to assemble. I don't think that's realistic. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because if you're a control deck, you probably are not super stoked to spend a whole removal spell getting rid of this. Definitely not. I might even decide sometimes that, like, I'm totally fine not casting a non-creature spell in order to, to like, let this live if they really want to sack it. Like, I might be okay with that, depending on the turn, depending on the board state. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. It's it's obviously terrible against anything other than control because there's there's a whole bunch of random stuff that flies right now, and this is not even going to connect. Yeah, it trades with, like, thopters. Right, but control decks don't necessarily have thopters or early flyers. I I, I don't like it, but I, I, I don't know. I, I see a way that maybe it could see play. I just only see it as, like, a sideboard card against control only. And probably not even a good one. Like, I think you have better stuff to do. Mm, I don't know. If uh, I were you, or if I were Girapur, I wouldn't be putting my hope in this guy. Oh, dear. Next up, Lifecrafter's Bestiary. This is a three-cost artifact. At the beginning of your upkeep, scry one. Whenever you cast a creature spell, you may pay green. If you do, draw a card. I think this thing's a beast. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. Talk about green card draw. I think you're, well, I think first, I think you're, I don't think it's insane. No. I don't think it's crazy. But I think it's like super fun. This is totally what green decks want to do. I mean, they I want to play on curve, so that's not great. I think but. it's good. I don't know how good. You have to like, so I think the deck that likes this the most is a aggro deck. Is a deck that's like, can play um, low to the ground and has the spare mana and wants to keep gas in the late game. Uh, so... The only issue is that it costs three, right? So this is like in, in like green white humans. If you're playing this card, you get to basically cantrip every single spell that you cast, which is great. You get to scry to help fix your draws, which is great. But the problem is, I don't particularly want to take turn three off to do that. But like, maybe it's worth it. Uh, like, it's often worth it to take turn three off to catch always watching. Um, and always watching keeps the pressure on. This card does something similar in that it keeps the gas flowing. Uh, I think in a more mid-range deck, the upside is higher, where you're going to be drawing cards that are more powerful individually than in an aggro deck. Um, but mid-range decks are also more likely to have um, spells that they're going to be casting to, to gain advantage. So I do think this card is very good. Um, we'll have to see if it's worth uh, a three-mana card and spending a three-mana card to use it. What do you think? I mean, I definitely pictured it in a mid-range deck, not an aggro deck. I, I see your point about like keeping the pressure on, keeping the you know the gas flowing, but. Well, you said that you want to play on curve if you're a mid-range deck. I know you do because your stuff is so good, and, right. and it's just supposed to be better than their stuff, right. which means it has to come down first. So this, uh, I do think this could be a, a late-game card. Uh, maybe you don't run like four of these. Maybe you're running two. Yeah. Uh, or maybe you're even, this is a three drop, so maybe you're running this with a one of, and you're running it uh, with Trophy Mage, um, and you can fetch it up when you want it. Uh, because in the late game, and again, 
we're postulating that if we get mid-range <laughs> decks in the late game, Please. this is another card that helps to break the mid-range mirror, where you're just going to drown your opponent in card advantage if I you mean, play this card. Yeah, card the advantage scries, and you're scrying forget, yeah, every the scry turn. Yeah, every turn is incredible. Just, um, because yeah. it's fixing the card that you're... It's that doing, you're it's drawing. Both, that you're drawing off of this card, but it also helps you find creatures so that you can draw more cards off of this card. I think it's really good. Yeah. And it makes me sad that, you know, it's this instead of whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, you may pay blue and draw a card. I don't know, I don't know what happens. Get on the green boat. Blue used to have Get on the green card boat. Advantage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think this is probably more of a late game card. Because I'm thinking it's about either like... either late game in mid-range or it is... Uh, uh, in aggro. I, I think those are the only two. I don't two, think it's good in aggro. Those are the only two decks that it fits in. Okay. Then to me, it only fits in the late game mid-range. <laughs> okay. Statement. Well, okay. So let's see. The aggro deck that has green right now is like Pummeler or red-green no. energy. Those are... No, no, no. Humans. I said humans. It needs to be humans. Humans is the only deck this works in. Because humans is... Pummeler is not a go-wide, yeah, they don't tiny creatures deck. Humans is... All their cards are one and two mana. At least in the like the green-white build... All their cards are one or two mana with the exception of uh, Heron's Grace, which means that you this is going to, and you're having a low land count anyways, so this card cascades into scry a creature at the top. Oh, yeah, it's a Thraven Inspector. Cast Thraven Inspector, pay green, draw a card. Oh, it's a Duskwatch. Play Duskwatch, pay green, draw a card. Sweet, I have an extra card for next turn. This it, It's like, I think it's really good. I think it builds really fast. It snowballs mm. quickly in those aggro decks. But the question is like, can you afford to take off turn three to do that? And I'm not convinced you 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 can. Um, yeah. But I can see it in a uh, an aggro shell, a go-wide, really cheap aggro shell. Even like red-white humans, I think, might, uh, if this, you could theoretically <laughs> put this green card in there. I think like uh, the red-white humans deck as kind of an archetype might not even want this because it's running too many three drops. It's running uh, Handware Garrison, uh, or, yeah, Garrison. Um, whereas the Humans deck is, is a little bit lower to the ground. Even, like, the mono-white Humans deck, you could maybe run this and splash green, and it just helps helps keep the gas flowing, which is, is, is really what you need to be doing in an aggro deck. So. I guess we'll see. So our next card is Aethersphere Harvester. This is a three-cost artifact creature, 3-5 flying, when it enters the battlefield, you get two energy. You can pay one energy, give it lifelink till end of turn, and it's crew one. Your thoughts? I think that... So I don't want to put this card in a box uh, or a sphere. Um, I think that it is pretty good generally. Um, and I think that the crew one is is undercosted. I think it's really good. Uh, and yeah, it costs three mana, which is a little bit more than copter, but I think it's worth it. Um, because you are uh, doing a couple things. First, this thing blocks Copter like a boss. Oh my gosh. Second, there are decks, I think, right now. Um, and I think that, the, like, so Black Green Delirium, and I might be wrong again about this, but I don't think I am. Black Green Delirium was running Copter at the beginning of the format. And it was because Copter was so powerful. But it, it wasn't actually a good fit for the deck. So uh, eventually they removed it. Yeah. This card, to me, is the the copter equivalent for decks that don't want copter, um, that want a similar powerful vehicle, but don't want to necessarily be attacking every single turn with a three toughness creature that's relatively easy to kill. Um, the fact that this has five toughness uh, makes it harder to kill with harness lightning, um, and also 
uh, it can the lifelink is nice. It's a really nice little touch to it. Yeah. Um, and it, like I said, it, the fact that it blocks Copter is huge. It blocks almost everything in standard. It blocks Archangel Avacyn. It blocks all the little dorky creatures in blue-white. Um, it makes it so that even if you're attacking with it, the, the fact that it has three power means that it's also hard to profitably block outside of Ishkana. Copter, Spellqueller, all these kinds of things um, make it make it out of the, the block. So I, I'm looking forward to this card, actually. I think it'll be a nice alternative to Copter. Um, in the decks that want it, uh, it might even you might just put this as copters five through eight in you know decks or five through six or seven um, in decks that uh, really want to go really heavy on the vehicles. So you know something like um, red white vehicles uh, <laughs> or Mardu vehicles uh, because again that this it's just it's very good. I don't know if it's aggressive enough for a deck like red white vehicles, but it might be good in like maybe you bring it in the sideboard and post in the mirror. Or, yeah, I just I think the card is very good. Yeah, I but, prefer this to Heart of Kron outside of the like yeah. the theoretical Planeswalker deck. Uh, it also blocks Heart of Kron, by the way. It does. It doesn't kill it. They just bounce, but yeah. yeah. But like you can also come out ahead if you pay the energy to gain life. True, true, true. No, I like this a lot. I also like that it does give you two energies, so it can lifelink itself mm-hmm. without you worrying about any other energy sources. I'm excited. I think this is really going to put a damper on some copters because... You, you just can't swing through it. Yeah. Next is Heroic Intervention. This is green one instant. Permanence you control gain hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. So this is pretty much a green counterspell. Yep. Um, for pretty for removal. Um, the things, though, that, that you uh, I think you need to keep in mind are the fact that this gives hexproof and indestructible makes it, I, I think, pretty significantly better than if it only granted one. Um, just because that flexibility in this case is really strong. Um, and the fact that it's all permanence, not just all creatures, it gives your lands indestructible and it gives your lands hexproof. This means that, uh, you know, if you wanted to put this in the sideboard of Valakut or Titan and Modern, um, you get to protect your Valakut or your, your whatever lands you need to protect. And additionally, in standard, this counters the Ulamog cast trigger. Uh, where it allows you to give your permanents hexproof and they can't exile stuff. Um, so I think it's very niche and we'll probably see some play. Um, but I, I, I do think it'd be a... I don't know. Do you think it'd be a stretch to play this main board? I, I do. I, I think unless it became... Unless the meta shifts, I think this is a stretch to play main board. Uh, what would the meta need to shift to to make this main board playable? Like heavy control and or like maybe more of the um etherworks marvel but those do they how many ulamog versus emrakul do they run uh not many usually one if that yeah so i I mean so i don't think you're looking to really protect against ulamog so i I don't know what else you're trying to protect your permanence from generally like this isn't worth running to evade well maybe against Yehani's expert? No, because it doesn't turn. Well, that's what I was going to say is that it actually it doesn't protect against Yehani's expertise. Yeah. So, like, the, probably what is going to be the most common sweeper, um, this card doesn't do anything against. Yeah, I, I don't think this sees main board play. I think I think it's questionable whether it will see sideboard play. Sure. But, you know, in the right meta, it could be a very good sideboard. Sure. So our next card is Metallic Rebuke. This is blue 2 instant with Improvise counter target spell unless it's controller pays three mana leak uh, returns it looks like in standard uh this is 
three mana mana leak, but secretly, not so secretly. <laughs> not quite three is, mana. Yeah, this one is less. Mana. One to two mana mana leak. Um, I think often it'll just be mana leak, uh, which is pretty sweet. Um, I think that this this card is, is just good um, in standard. Like, it is spell shrivel with upside, uh, or sorry, I guess spell shrivel is four or less. I think usually you just play this if you're looking to do something early. Like, this is just better than revolutionary rebuff. Um, rebuff. Oh, a lot. Yeah, I, I know rebuff is less. It costs two, and like it, but it requires them to pay less. It's easier to play around. Um, additionally, I think this will usually cost two. Uh, I think it's, you know, if you're playing this in like blue white flash, you're definitely going to have an artifact. Thraben Inspector. Oh my you know, gosh. I, when the, when, when that card was printed, I remember being at a pre-release and opening it and saying, um, hey, if you open any inspectors you don't want, um, you know, I'll take them because I'm going to play them in standard. And someone was like, what? This card's not good enough for standard. And I was like, <laughs> No, this card is. Act I think this card is very good, and I think it's going to see play in a lot of decks. I had no idea yeah. how I like. I was not. I was not <laughs> expecting this. Like Thraven Inspector's clue, the fact that it's an artifact, it has become so relevant that it's not just like, oh, this is a one mana cantrip that is, has a relevant creature type and also two toughness. This is, um, this is a, an activator for you know all of the cards in the set. Uh, that care about artifacts. And it can crew copter and our new favorite flying thing. Mm -hmm. Raven Inspector is so good. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think this is a great blue mana. Sorry, I'm just getting back to our little counter spell here. I think it's really good. I think it could see play in blue white flash and other decks. Yeah, it is interesting too because it, it does indicate, again, the fact that they're giving counter spell improvised does suggest that they want decks that are playing counter spells to also commit to the board and not just be these kinds of draw go control decks. Uh, because in order yeah. to make this a mana leak, you, you actually need to, you need to have stuff on the board. Right, right. Our next card is Efficient Construction. This is blue three enchantment. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1 1 colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. So. I'm not stoked about this card. I look at it and I'm like, oh, sweet. What other things stay on the battlefield for four mana and give you value? Panharmonicon. Is Panharmonicon better? I kind of think so. Um, I think they're totally... What? They're totally different shells. I, I don't think you can compare the two cards. Mm, These do know. completely different things. They both give you, like, value for your casting. Well, one's each no, of one's No, one gives you 1-1 one, one flyers consistently and the and, like... Possibly, they want to be played in completely different decks, I think. Okay, but I just can't picture a deck where you're casting enough artifacts consistently to make this worthwhile. Because Metalwork the Colossus. artifact. Metalwork Colossus, if you want to build uh, the, what's it called? Um, uh, Paradoxical Outcome deck. All Both of those decks allow you to just churn out 1 1s and like stall with them if you want or close with them if you want. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I just. When I think of like the blue black artifact deck that I'm picturing, it's a kind of controlling deck. So like, but it's I don't think it goes in necessarily in that in deck. In that, okay. This is a deck that so the, the the way to break this card or take advantage of this card most efficiently, uh, we want to construct something that's really good, right? So I think that the the way to do that is to build a deck where you can cast multiple artifacts in the same turn. You need to be able to do that with this card because yeah. that ca that that builds really fast. The ability to go, I'm going to cast, you know, two artifacts this turn, get two one one flyers. Next turn, two artifacts, two one one flyers. Maybe you have some cantrips in there, and you're cracking those, so you can draw more cards, so you get more artifacts to cast those. 
Um, so to me, that's why it seems like it, the home for this is paradoxical outcome. Um, but I can ima imagine a world where maybe Metalwork Colossus wants this. For me, the card that I think of comparing this to is Thopter Spy Network, um, which was mm. a similar-ish card in that you needed to control an artifact, and then it would turn out a 1-1 every turn, and it could draw you some cards if the 1-1 connected. Uh, I think that Thopter Spy Networks pretty much saw no play, but we have to keep in mind that once Darksteel Citadel rotated, there weren't really any playable artifacts that Control Decks wanted. I think this card, you know, also a blue format enchantment that wants to be played in a deck with a lot of artifacts. Uh, the meta has shifted sub substantially. We now, uh, even the card pool has shifted substantially. We now have a ton of artifacts that you could play with this. But I think the question is whether four mana is too much. Because if you cast this, you're probably not casting an artifact on the same turn unless you're running like Ornithopters and Carther Cather Shields and the other one. Um, which means that you're playing this on turn four and then on turn five, you're not going to get to cast a 5-drop if you want to take advantage of this. You're going to cast multiple cheap cards, right? And so there needs to be a deck that can take advantage of that sufficiently. If there's not, then this card is not going to be good enough. Yeah. You know what I like in that context is the Mimic again. If you play Mimic, name Thopter, each of these Thopters coming in is a 2-2 two -two flying. Yeah. And it itself is an artifact. I, and it's cheap, so you Mimic can play is, a couple. Mimic is a very good card. It Mimic fits is, everywhere. Yeah, it does. I think that Mimic is going to be uh, very, very playable. Yeah. And might show up in places we don't expect it to. Yeah. I, I think it's very flexible. Yeah. Being a Mimic and all. So next we have card... <laughs> that oh, you read wrong and I thought was wrong. so good. I thought this card was so good. So this is Universal Solvent. It's one mana artifact. You pay seven, tap it, and sacrifice it to destroy target permanent. When I read this card the first time, I did not see the sacrifice clause, and I thought that this card was going to be the best card ever. Um, yeah, kind of an important this. clause to read, yeah. though. So now I just don't care about it. Um, yeah, eight mana to destroy permanent. Happy to have it in limited, you know. Yep. It, you know, will trigger it's fine. revolts in the late game. Helps It'll take with care improvise. of their bombs. Yeah, helps with improvise. But I, I just like, I'm so down on this card now because I was so <laughs> high on it before. And now yeah. all of my hopes and dreams have been dissolved as sufficiently uh, as if they were placed into a universal solvent. Yes. I, I think I know how to make you feel better, though. Remember um, that really good card that was spoiled? Oh, the really pushed one? Yeah. What What was that called? Oh, I forget. I went, I'm thinking, like, there's a chance that Wizards... I, this could be like a fatal mistake for wizards. Yeah, they might have like so fatally underestimated. Oh, I think it was called um, uh, Metallic Mimic. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Fatal, yeah, Fatal Push is really good, guys. In case you haven't heard, let me be the one to tell you. You There's heard it here first. Fatal Push. And times 20 through. Yeah, um, it's really funny. One of my friends sent me a, a message and was like, hey, did you read PV's article on Fatal Push? Uh, he thinks it's really good. I th it seems like a card you'd be excited about. And I was like, dude, I've been talking about this card for like a week. Uh, it's it's incredible. I'm so excited for this card. I, that, I think now we have successfully incorporated it into every podcast since it's been spoiled uh, that I get to talk about how much I love it at least once. Yeah. Another one of my friends said that at the pre-release, uh, if they play me, the strategy is just mention Fatal Push, so I go off on it for 30 minutes, and then... I'll just, you know, they can steal my deck, and then, you know, I, I just lose on the spot, so. Seems worth it, though. I think so. Our next card is Heretical Thopterist. 
To... I feel like that that translation can't be right. Oh, but it's so good though. Thopterist. Thopterist. Uh, okay. So what's the card do? So this is red blue three for a two two human. Lots of humans. Um, improvised when it enters the battlefield, create two one one flying thopter creature tokens. Gosh, I just hate that phrase. I know all the words are necessary. But... Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So. There should be artifact in there, too. It should be two one one flying Thopter artifact creature tokens. How will we know what kind of what kind of card type it is? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not stoked about this card. I, the 2-2 two, two body, the 2-2 two, two main body is very weak. And it makes, so it, it's a total of five mana, assuming you have no artifacts already, which is probably a bad assumption. But it's a total of five mana for four power toughness distributed among three bodies, two of which are flying, which is like... A fine deal. It's a good deal. And you can improvise and get it down earlier. So I think all that is in its favor. I see it being very good and limited because flying and bodies are all very good. But it's just hard to get in board. Like five mana, if you if you don't happen to have enough artifacts that game, and the 2-2 two, two body, and it, and it doesn't do anything else when it comes down. It just, it just has some thopters. I don't know. I think that this card is a strong role player um, in decks that want it. I think that a couple months from now, you might be tired of playing uh, against this. I think you might be tired of having people go, oh, turn three, uh, make a 2-2 two, two, and two one ones go. Or if they're playing this with Mimic, make a 2-2 two, two, and two 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 flyers, go. I think that if you know, if you look at a card like Whirler Rogue, which was uh, printed in Origins, and Whirler Rogue was four mana instead of five, but you know this has the reduction attached, and it was just blue instead of blue-red. In Whirler Rogue, also the ability to make a creature unblockable, uh, yeah. which certainly did come up, but it was not the primary reason it was played. And it did end up seeing play at the end of the format, I think, in a kind of blue colorless artifact deck, uh, Eldrazi artifact deck, uh, and more like Eldrazi Thopters, basically, were the, mm. the artifacts were made. But uh, the card was just, for its mana cost, it was really efficient. I mean, you're making four power and four toughness, you're doing two of that in the air and two on the ground. Um, I think that it, it the, the, just the fact that it's so many bodies is really nice. Um, I, I Again, I really like this cycle, this multicolored cycle. Uh, in Limited, this is really good. And I think that uh, it'll, if a blue-red type artifact deck emerges, this is going to be in it. Um, and you might get tired of, of seeing this card. It's fair. I guess we'll have to see. It, it gets a lot better if you really can consistently improvise. Because this is a pretty... We and it's not turn hard. five play. I know, I know. Well, you, I don't think you play... This is only in a deck with artifacts, and that means you're in a deck that's going to be able to reduce its cost. I think this is a three drop and a four drop at worst. Yeah. I think you can play an artifact on one, three of an inspector, so you're now wearing Jeskai, whatever. Uh, and then on two, you get to play another artifact, maybe play Copter, right? That, I mean, that's the dream maybe for these mimic. improvised cards. Maybe Mimic. I And I don't think that is... Is Mimic two? Mimic is two. I don't think that's unreasonable. I think that... I think Mimic is good. Mimic, I think, is really good. Um, we got to pick them up. They're they're great. Yeah. Well, we'll see about this one. I think you're right. If there is a blue-red artifact deck, this is just really efficient at making artifacts, and it takes advantage of the ones you already have. I just think if there's not like a pretty dedicated deck, this has this has no place in the constructed world. Our next card is Ravenous Intruder. This is red one for a one-two gremlin. <laughs> Oh, good. I didn't even have to ask you what sound gremlins make. I knew you would do it. Um, it has the ability of sacrifice an artifact. Ravenous Intruder gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. 
this card is pretty neat. This is so like this is the Nantuko Husk of Artifacts. Yeah. Plus two plus two if you sack an artifact. Uh, and it's one cheaper. That's pretty promising to me. If there's a shell that likes sacking artifacts, this guy's in it. This harkens makes me think of mm, what's it called Marionette Master, where whenever oh, an artifact gosh, dies. I hate that card. Yeah, so now you play this. If you had this with like cutthroats and marionette masters, you have some servos. You get to just kill them. Have some servos turn out thopters. Yeah. Yeah. So you know if there if I I think well, there's another card that uh, that people were talking about with regards to marionette master, um, and I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was uh, Yaheni because she can sack artifact mm. creatures yeah. but you know with the henny and ravenous intruder now you also have redundancy in your sack outlets as long as you're sacking artifact creatures uh and it, it might be that mar- that deck becomes a, a real deck because that black white servos deck or black white fabricate deck was you know it wasn't great but it was fine um but giving it this kind of a combo finish uh i think makes it stronger particularly with uh, redundancy yeah that's really cool. I, I hadn't realized that this had some sort of place like that. I was really just thinking of this as like a limited card. It's a fine body. It can grow. Nice way to trigger revolt. I was like, yeah, absolutely play it in limited. But uh, that's a really cool spot for it in a constructed um, world. Yeah. Also in limited, this plays really well with the implement cycle. Because when those die, you draw a card. So you're able to mm. not pay and sack them for their whatever little advantage they give you. You can just pay it for one, uh, sack it, give this plus two plus two, and draw a card, which is a nice interaction. Yeah. Next we have the uh, careers and stuff you can do with ether cycle. <laughs> um, apparently you can poison people with ether, you can chase ether around, you can herd ether. You, you can, can swoop at people. swoop through ether, and you can also inspect ether. Uh, what would you, what would your career be? You're on Kaladesh. Uh, what's your ether career? Well, based on the cards and which one I think is best, I would poison people. No, but what what you as a career? Which is your choice? I want to. Well, I want to swoop. Yeah, I think swooping <laughs> is the chasing looks pretty fun too. Like you just get to chase. I don't know. I guess they're the probably pretty similar. The swoop card looks so much more fun. That 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 character on the card is having a blast. Yeah, but the chaser. It looks like he does his chasing at like sunset or sunrise and that's mm. just a, it's a it's pretty a time, time of day to run around and see the sights of Kaladesh. yeah so a little bit more about this cycle uh they have varying mana costs and stats but the second ability on each card is whenever it attacks you may pay two if you do create a one one colorless servo artifact and they, they each add two energy when they come in right what makes the cards different the blue one is blue one for one two flying the black one is black one for one one death touch. So good. Red is red one for a two one first strike. Human could be pretty cool, especially if you can pump it a little. Herder, the green one, <laughs> it just gets bigger. That's all it does. Um, it's green three and it's a three three and that's Green's, it. Uh, it's green slogan. It's so just disappointing. Bigger. It's just I should bigger. say it used to be green slogan. Now green slogan is we draw uh, cards. <laughs> F you blue. I'm gonna draw more cards. Yeah, yeah, it's a good slogan. Um, and finally, the white one is white three for two three with vigilance. So the the green and white ones are very expensive, and and I'm not sure that vigilance and being slightly bigger are really worth the extra mana. Yeah. So I think why don't we try to like rate rank these in limited black. 
Okay, so black is your favorite. <laughs> Go on. Then maybe red or blue. I can't decide between red and blue. I think the red is pretty good because we have so many three twos right now. I think a two on first strike is pretty powerful, actually. Yeah, and there's some plus one plus one counter stuff in the set, particularly with a uh, uh, mimic, the, which no, we with, mentioned um, a million the, times. Because that's a, a rare. I don't think you expect to see mm. limited. I think that poisoner. I agree. Poisoner is probably the best. I think it's close though with Chaser uh, because Poisoner, black one for a one with Death Touch has seen play in other sets, and this is uh, just giving you all upside in terms so of creating good. a servo. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and servo is also like because it's an artifact creature, it's a very relevant mm-hmm. type. So that's nice. Um, and I think Fot's probably followed by Ether Chaser. Two one first strike is good. Uh, you know, if you can put a counter on it, relevant. Um, I think after that, I think I like the white one, the two three with Vigilance. Uh, it's a little expensive for four mana. Uh, Ether Herder is a fine body, and I think a one-two flyer for two is like a little too small. It's it's not going to get through anything, and yeah. I don't know. I don't think it it becomes super relevant. Uh, I guess if you're trying to go like a you know a, a deck that's pretty aggressive or tempo oriented, and you just need some cheap flyers to fill the curve, I think that's fine. Um, in constructed Ether Chaser, I think is actually great. I think that you can play this in Naya Humans or Red White Humans. That card's nuts because one Thalia's Lieutenant trigger, it's a 3-2 first strike, and if you pump it with something else, it's a 4-3 first. For the card is really, really good in Humans. Yeah. I'm excited for this. And you get the free servo too. Or you just leave the energy around to pay for your Ether Hub and your Voltaic Brawler if you're a Naya. I really like Ether Chaser. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw that. I'm, I'm pretty excited for the Ether Chaser. Yeah. Definitely. Our next card is the Red Expertise. Be prepared to be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. It's Red Red 1, Sorcery. Gain control of target creature or vehicle until end of turn. Untap it, it gains haste until end of turn. You may cast a card with converted mana cost 2 or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. So this is our cheapest expertise, and it is pretty disappointing. Uh, active treason is rarely good, and the ability to cast the two, the free two or less. Two I, mana? I, yeah. Like, That's just. <laughs> I mean, you steal a copter, cast a Three two drop, and crew it. Ugh. I just, I don't like it. Yeah. Watch, this will be the one that, like, dominates standard. I know. I, no, but really, it's just not very good. You know what you could do? What? You could, uh,. Take control of Emmercool and then cast your own copter and crew it with Emmercool. <laughs> that sounds like a game-winning play. You heard it here first, folks. The plan is this is sideboard hate against Emmercool, uh, so you can crew your crew own copter your and then lose the game the next turn. Sounds awesome. Yeah, no, this is this is very disappointing. Yeah, I don't play a ton of red, so I'm no expert, uh, but I I don't think it's good. The next card is more exciting. It's yeah. pirate for, it's a, for one. It's a so this is Karizev Skyship Raider, uh, red one for a one three legendary creature human pirate. These red humans are good. Uh, this has first strike and menace, and whenever it attacks, you create a legendary two one red monkey creature token named Ragavan that's tapped and attacking. Exile that token at end of combat. I assume this is relevant to the story in some way. Uh, otherwise... Well, look at the art. She has a monkey on her shoulder. She's a pirate. She yeah. has a little, you know. I just, I, I, I'm Captain just, Jack Sparrow. I'm just imagining had a, a world, a world no. for a moment where 
Wizard, someone at Wizards just thought it would be fun to put this text on a card and it has no relevance to the story. And no one and they're else like, guys, it. you know what? This is magic, so if we're going to make a pirate, instead of a parrot, let's give it, I don't know, a monkey. No, no, no. Pirates of the Caribbean. I was wrong. It's not Jack Sparrow, but the, the bad pirate in the first movie, he has a monkey. Okay. I believe you. I don't remember. Listeners, you agree with me, so it's cool. It's cool. Uh, this is another card that... I hope they print monkey tokens. I want to get one of these. Oh, they will. They always print tokens that they print in sets. I know. It's just zero other cards ever make monkeys. <laughs> like, why monkeys? Yeah, no, it's a it's a legendary monkey, and it's named Raghavan. The monkey isn't... Oh, it is a legendary monkey. That's why I think it's so funny, because, like, <laughs> it's... If without story context, like, this is just an absurd card. It's wow. like, yes, I make a legendary monkey like people across the land know about my monkey people swap tales of ragavan the legendary 2-1 monkey that you can poke with a thraben inspector and have it die i have to say so i don't know a lot of legendary tokens the one i think of off the top of my head is the one that nissa made yes ashaya and that made sense because it stuck around so you couldn't just like churn out ashaya tokens and it was the heart of zendikar right and zendikar only has one heart so oh no i've lost the heart of zendikar i have to go and find it it was within me all along yes nissa go back to your that was the worst writing I, that, that, oh my gosh, that story was awful. I know it was months ago, but I'm still scarred still from upset. it. I'm still <laughs> upset about that. That was so bad. And then when I read. Call it Scars of Zendikar. Oh, well, Scars <laughs> of Return to uh, Invasion of Zendikar. Um, I think that uh, the, the fact that when the first story of Kaladesh came out, and it was about Roshni, Roshmi, right? Oh my god. And gosh. the first thing I read, I was like, when I saw. I was connected With to the ether. The, no, it wasn't the ether. It was the the conduit. Oh yeah, the, the conduit. Great conduit. And I was like, hold on. It's like this sounds super familiar. Who wrote this? Same, Same person. person. I was like, hmm. Do green creatures have? Any, I mean, sorry, not green creatures. Just green characters. Yeah. Can they have any other like personality? Yeah, traits? I didn't enjoy that. Um, and and I would prefer that you know they do something different. With, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with green characters. Agreed. Uh, then make if you want to see a good green character, you should go see Moana. Moana is uh, green-blue. Check her out. Look at you. Color, pie, pop culture stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just helping our viewers, listeners. What's your color? What, are your, what colors are you? I'm green. Well, oh, in life. I mean, my favorite colors are green-white. As a human being, I think I still am green-white, actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. What do you think I am? Blue... I think I'm centered around blue. I then I think I'm either white or black, or some mix of them. I think I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the Esper shard. I'm definitely not red. I think red people are dumb. <laughs> and then uh, I'm definitely not green because I also think that green people are kind of dumb. So thanks. Yeah, sorry, Katie, but that's how I feel. And apologize to Moana. Sorry, Moana. I don't know. All right. So, so I think that Kari Zev is really good. Um, again, in humans. This is a card that doesn't die easily. And I'm thinking, again, of this with the plus one. Like, because in humans, everything a has one, a plus, plus one, one counter, counter, right? Yeah. So this becomes a 2-4 first strike menace. It kills some stuff with the two power, but it also just doesn't really die to anything. Um, and the fact that it has menace, uh, I think you have to be careful because it makes it, you know... Menace and first strike is just such a good combination because they're going to block with two things. You get to kill one of them, and then the others bounce. 
So like really only one creature can ever deal damage to this at a time if you're double blocking. Um, it's I, I like I like it. I like Kari Kari Zeb. Yeah, I, I guess the only thing that really makes me skeptical is the one power because it it just it needs a token a, a counter on it or it needs to be pumped in some way because you can just block it with a reflector mage and a three bin and it's dead and it doesn't kill either of them. Yeah, that's why I think yeah I think you put it in humans and it's really safe to assume it's going to have a counter on it. Right, and with a counter, I, I think it's excellent. The menace yeah. and first strike, like you said, are really good, and the value when you're attacking, I, I think this is very good. Um, or, you know, I say counter. Heron's Grace does the same thing. Like sure, for a sure. Turn and leads to massive load. So, Surprise. Uh, yeah. I swung for a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and gained all the life in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Our last card of the evening is Herald of Anguish. This is Black Black 5 for a 5 5 demon. Improvise. Flying at the beginning of your end stepped. Your end stepped? <laughs> yeah, st- you stepped all the way to your end? All the way. Did you, did you happen to step off a cliff, maybe? You got fairly pushed there? All right, that's two. That's that's. My, one of my friends said he was going to play a drinking game where every time I mention fatally pushed, he takes a drink. So He's doing okay tonight. He's doing all right tonight. So at the beginning of your end step, each opponent discards a card. Two at a giant players. I'm looking at you. Pay black one, sacrifice an artifact. Target creature gets minus two, minus two till end of turn. So the improvise helps because seven is a ton, even for a 5-5 five, five flying. The discard is nice, though, you know, if this is coming down fairly late game, I don't know how many cards they're going to have in their hands. And the the sacking is, is nice because it kills, it, it could kill creatures trigger and revolt. or trigger revolt. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, I think that because it, it has a fine body, with improvise, its cost becomes reasonable again in the right shell. Right. Um, and both of its abilities are good. Like making your opponent discard a card every turn is good. It makes it so that like, yeah, you'll probably only hit a couple cards with it, but like it makes it hard for them to play around because they have to keep dead cards in their hand to discard or not play stuff out uh, or play all of their stuff out at times they might not want to. And then the sacking ability makes it just really good. It just kills stuff. Like you can kill a lot of things with it. I do think that the tricky thing about this is that there's like the deck that has a lot of artifacts that makes this playable is not necessarily a deck that wants a 5-5 demon. Yeah. I think. I could be wrong, but I think that that I know I don't I think that decks that are going to be more in the market for this kind of card or kind of effect are going to be decks that don't run a ton of artifacts. Like they'll run a couple. Everyone's running a couple artifacts, but uh, I think that, you know, the deck that has a lot of artifacts doesn't want this. And maybe this card Ooh. is good enough without it. So you, you, you're paying, like, instead of seven, maybe you're playing five or six. And then you kind of lose the sack and artifact to get minus two. Mi- yeah, then it's not very good. Yeah, no. Um, what about in the, uh, if you have a deck that is churning out thopters or servos, then you can sack the... I oh, sure. Maybe in the, um like, the white-black... Uh, like tokens fabricate-ish deck we were talking about earlier yeah i i mean it's hard because i think yeah in the decks where you're turning out artifacts you often want them to stay on the field and do stuff no i like this in the kind of the white black fabricate deck where you're playing red for your combo finish with the ma- marionette and the other dude um marionette's yeah black. i think that this what marionette's black black white fabricate with the re- combo finish with the red guy what's the red guy Talked about this two minutes ago. 
Sag and Artifact, plus two, plus two. How do you forget these things? It was literally like... Oh, the ravenous intruder, yes, the gremlin. You should have just made the sound. What's the sound again? Ah, yes. I think that this card could cause your opponent uh, a lot of anguish if it hits the board and in that kind of deck with many servos because uh, you can do some some serious damage and you can play it out early. So maybe that's the shell you want. Maybe it's uh, not super artifact heavy, it's servo heavy. It's a fabricate heavy type of thing. Which is secretly artifact heavy. Yeah, yeah. And I think you probably do run some non-servo artifact stuff yeah. as well. So that's, uh, yeah, that seems that seems decent as mtg players are prone to saying these days uh so that's all we've got you know what happens tomorrow right boom the whole set comes out the whole set drops woo, woo, woo. and Drop are you pumped to review it katie tomorrow with me well unfortunately i will not be here tomorrow Boo. i know i know Boo. but um Ryan will take good care of all of our listeners. Yeah, we will see if we have anyone else. Uh, or he might just be stuck with me. I can try to do voices, though. I can be like, so I think, uh, you know, Zary Zev is great as a human. I hate humans! Humans are the worst! Is that supposed to be me? Uh, I don't know. It's just some other person who's very clearly not me uh, mm-hmm. is, is what I'm going for. So. All right. Well, uh, look forward to listening to that. <laughs> So I will see you guys uh, tomorrow. Not uh, see. It's a podcast. You will... It's weird because, like, see means both, right? Like, yeah. see, like, is the verb for, like, I see you. And also, like, they're going to see me. They're not. But they're not because I'm on a podcast. Just say, talk to you tomorrow. Oh, that's the obvious. How did I miss that? Yeah, what is wrong with you? How did I miss that? You think you're uh, blue. Fatal, Go learn more fatal stuff. Mistake. Fatal oh, mistake. Fatal mistake. All right. Uh, so I will talk to you all tomorrow. I'm Ryan. I'm Katie. And this this is is Spoiler Season. Season.